0: Hey, everybody, before we get started, I want to let you know that this is actually a recording that was released on the Speed podcast. Uh, the host is Steve Breitenstein from TC Boost Sports Performance, along with dietitian Kristen DeAngelis. So, a lot about uh, what we do for food prep, because if you follow any of us on Instagram, social media, you'll see a bunch of uh, food prep, and that's kind of a common question. And a uh, topic that we get talked to a lot. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks for everyone for listening to this podcast. And you're, if you're not listening to um, Speed Podcast, please go over and subscribe. And uh, I hope you all enjoy the show. Thank you very much.
1: Now, is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? Anybody? I want to go fast. He's a freak. He's a fast killer. He's a fast killer. I feel the need, the need for speed. I'm going fast again! Woo! Yes. He, he's really, really fast. I mean, he's so fast. He makes fast
2: people look not fast.
1: I got it. He's fast.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Speed Podcast with TC Boost. My name is Steve Breitenstein. I'm your director of coaching here at TC Boost. Really excited to do a, a roundtable today about meal prepping, which I think is such a huge thing for success in everyone's goals, whether it's for losing weight, whether it's performing better as an athlete, gaining size, getting stronger. And there's so many great tips that you can do that will really make it an easier process for you. So luckily enough today, we're, we're lucky to have Eric Feigl, who's already come on and dominated the podcast one time, and we're glad to have him again. <laughs> and Kristen DeAngelis is on, who is a nutritionist, dietitian. Uh, she just came from the East Coast to Illinois, so she paid us a visit uh, last week or so, just kind of hang out and get a workout in. So we're super stoked to have her talk about uh, some of the stuff that she can bring to the table as far as meal prepping and easy tips for that. So Kristen, thanks so much for being on. Can you get everybody just to kind of brief, who are you really, and what are you doing right now?
1: Well, thanks so much, Steve. I'm really pumped to be here and, uh, love your space at TC Boost, by the way. It's a really awesome place. Um, but yeah, so I'm a registered dietitian, which makes me as a certified professional in nutrition and dietetics. So pretty much anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, but not everyone can call themselves a dietitian. So that's what sets me apart as far as, um, my training and over five, six years of um, nutrition throughout my schooling career. Um, I was, like you said, I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Boston. And it is Marathon Monday right now when we're recording, if you guys didn't know that. Um, but uh, but I actually moved down to Cincinnati for the past three years. And that's how I met Eric uh, training at Mission 5 at his training facility. Um, but in that time, you know, I specialize in weight management, um, women's health, um, a variety of different types of eating disorders, autoimmune conditions, and using food as medicine and really the integrative approach of uniting um, food, um, training, movement, yoga, I'm also a yoga teacher, and intuitive eating practices to help people um, really find their best and most optimal health. So I have a private practice and, um, rootsreboot.com is the website where you can find me. And I work, uh, both virtually and with in-person clients.
2: Oh, that's so awesome. That's about so me. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into becoming a dietitian. I think that's a great thing to kind of separate so people understand exactly who they're dealing with. Then they go online and see somebody that there is a lot of knowledge that goes behind that. That's great. And yeah, Eric, it's, it's can you give us a one pre- perfect, perfect. No, that's awesome, and Eric, can you give us a little, a little recap of just again who you are, where you're at, for everybody that's listening?
0: Well, I don't know how I'm gonna follow up <laughs> with <one laughs> behind coming in behind Kristen, but um, well, Eric,
1: you you've no, been I'm here a... before, so I just had to lay, lay a little groundwork. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apparently, I feel like I just need to leave the building. Um, no, I'm a, 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 Eric Feigl. I'm a, a personal trainer in, in Cincinnati. I am a trainer at Mission Five Fitness. Um, But, uh, I, I'm originally from like the St. Louis area. So not necessarily native to, um, to this area, Cincinnati, but it is my home. And that is where Kristen and I have met. And, uh, she's a, she's an awesome, uh, person to work with. And I, I typically, my, my client base runs more or less the the general population looking to move better, stay healthy, um, and either become or remain active and strong. So, uh, Typically, what I like to tell people is I take applied kinesiology in terms of helping people remain strong and become strong. So um, I know she she had something. Uh, Kristen said something about uh, Mission Five Fitness, and that's just the training studio uh, that I'm in. And you know we we have about I think um, nine trainers there, so it's not just me holding down the fort, but um, all of us all of us are. I'd like to say maybe Kristen can back back us up, but we're definitely. I think, the, the elite premier training studio in Cincinnati.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Wow, like Those are amazing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I appreciate that description, Eric. Make sure we're separating what we are, truly are.
0: Right, exactly.
2: So, <laughs> so let's do a quick, I think this is going to be really cool, is to say kind of what is your eating style and maybe like what did you eat so far today that you prepared? I, I can start this off. Because uh, I I'd prefer to say mine first because it'll be so bad that hopefully it just keeps getting better and better <laughs> as we go here. Uh, but for my own personal approach, and you guys can critique if you need to, uh, I have a really hard time following any sort of, like, nutritional plan, I'd say. Uh, the biggest thing that uh, I talked to Chris a little bit when she was here that I'm trying to follow for the next six weeks now is my trip to Mexico, and that's what I've been prepping for, is uh, oh. prioritizing my my vegetables on every meal that I'm eating then my protein, and I'm letting everything else kind of take care of itself. I always have a really hard time with the the vegetable side of things. So this morning, unfortunately, when I wake up early, I'm super lazy on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, if it was a Tuesday, I would have had like a solid scrambled egg breakfast. But I start off my day with a protein bar as I'm half awake, half asleep. Uh, then post-workout, I had a little shake this morning. And then I had my grilled chicken, Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes, and green beans so far today leading into this uh, podcast. Uh, but that's kind of like what I typically kind of will do is kind of prioritize those two to three different veggies and then my my proteins, let everything else go. On the weekends, I'm hard to stay strict to that. So that is kind of what I follow. Kristen, can you give us a little bit about like what your style is and what you've had to eat today?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, well, so as a dietitian, predominantly I'm focused in plant-based nutrition, I call it plant-based, plant-centered. It's not plants only. If you're plants only, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, but I do personally include animal product and in my own personal eating, but what I really advocate for most people is to try to get like what you're doing, Steve, is to try to get in as much plants as possible. So that encompasses vegetables, fruits, and yes, fruits are okay. Fruits are good. You don't need to avoid fruits, um, nuts, beans, seeds, anything from the earth, the sea, the, the sky, like these are real whole foods. Um, and then, so adding on top of that animal based foods, if we are choosing animal foods, um, predominantly looking for ones that are organic or um, local or farm, you know, farm raised. Um, and then also, uh, uh, healthy fats, um, at our meals too. So that's avocado, olive oil, healthy fats, I know Eric, you know, loves the bacon, but I'm, I'm not a, a bacon fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as far as what I ate today, um, so I came into the city to work in here, but um, coming in, I had, let's see, a pear and some peanut butter. Then I had a like two hour yoga practice. And then after that, I had some overnight oats, which are basically just oats, blueberries, um, some almond milk and some protein powder that I mix it up. And I had that after my yoga practice. And then just now I had leftovers from last night, which is one of my favorites. And it's pho. I don't know if you ever had it. P-H-O pho. And so it's Vietnamese noodles oh, yeah. with a bunch of vegetables and like a homemade mm-hmm. beef broth. So that'll probably last me. I mean, I made just a massive stock pot. So I'll probably just I don't know, sit on that for multiple meals throughout the week this week. (laughs) Okay. And lots of tea. I've already had like cups of tea because that's like my favorite thing too.
2: What what kind of tea are you drinking?
1: Um, Pomegranate tea earlier and now I'm having green tea. And I used to, by the way, I used to hate green tea and it slowly like weaned on me. I started off with like adding lots of lemon and honey and now I'm like, I... Yeah, I regularly have a green tea every day. I used to—I honestly used to like hate it, even though I knew it was good for me. But that just goes to show, like rehabbing our taste buds really—there's, um, it's absolutely possible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you convinced me a little bit. I should try it. I think.
1: Yeah, it's awesome for antioxidant benefit. All
2: right. Uh, if anyone knows me uh, regularly, they know that I don't drink any hot drinks. Uh, even when I lose my voice and everyone tries to force-feed me tea, I'm the worst about that. So I drink no coffee, no hot chocolate, no tea that's hot. I hate iced tea. Uh, I'm a hard one. I just drink water. That's all I drink, and it's it's tough. So maybe I'll have to try and get my palate going with some tea.
1: Well, water is the best thing for you, so you're on, you're on the right track, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, got, I got that going for me. So, Eric, can you give us a little brief description of yourself? Uh, like she said, you include bacon regularly in your, your meal prep. We, we can see that online from time to time. We'll just see 10, 15 slices just chilling. Uh, can you give us a little overview of what you what you follow and what you've eaten today?
0: No, that's it. It's just bacon on bacon on bacon. That's it. I'm done.
2: <laughs> uh, 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 easy. Do you butter up your bacon or are you just eat it? Of course, just I like
0: do. Eerie gold, grass-fed bacon, and butter, and coffee. That's basically what I live off. <laughs> of. <laughs> it's actually oh, that's actually not that far awesome. from the. That's actually not that far from the truth. Um, so I, I tend to, and I hate giving labels to things, but I guess I, I tend to, to follow a quote-unquote paleo eating. When I just all I, all I consider is, and I'm not trying to reenact uh, becoming a caveman or anything. I think if cavemen had coffee, they would definitely drink it. So it's, it's a matter of like eating the best quality of foods you possibly can when they're available. So for my wife and I, I, I do more of like a fasted approach. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll end up finishing my dinner around like six thirty at night and I won't eat again like for 14 hours later. So I, I think I, I stopped eating last night around six 30, So when I broke my fast uh, this morning, I, I just drank a ton of water in the morning when I get up and I had, um, a couple sips of coffee. And then I actually had an Epic bar, which I guess is kind of like a, a a pretty clean um, protein type bar. I think it was the, uh, the Buffalo or the bison bar. And then I forgot my lunch, even though I had it prepped. This is so, so asinine. (laughs) So I had prepped, I had prepped my heart out all day yesterday. And I, I rushed out the door this morning for no good reason at all. I wasn't in a hurry. I just totally forgot to bring my lunch. So I had a, um, a protein shake, and I use like a, I can't remember the, the brand name off the top of my head, but it's a bone broth based protein shake. Um, and then I had a bunch more water. Um, I did do cardio this morning, but it was fasted before all before all the meals. And then when I got home today, because I thought I'd be I would be pressed for time, but I had a little more to spare. I have in front of me right now that I'm trying to finish up. I've got um, sautéed uh, collard greens with bacon. Uh, and there was cooked in uh, just a little bit of butter, and then I've got some andouille sausage with um, a bunch of mixed vegetables on top of it and I'm actually following all that up with a uh, kombucha so um so so normally it's it looks something very similar to that, and uh, we as we dive into it a little bit more, we can talk about um you know like what what we're what we're moving you know what kind of meals we're, we deal with, but on a day to day basis, that's pretty much what my uh, whole day looks like.
2: No, I think that's a, a great thing to say. Like a lot of them will be really similar when you really get in the zone of this. It's kind of how that thing looks on your plate. That seems to be helping me a lot. Is the look of the plate is similar and it kind of that's boring, but
0: it's true. Yeah, consistency I think just like anything else, the yeah. consistency of the meals I think is just as important as uh, you know, the type of food that you're eating. Not sure. Now with consistency, that kind of
2: means that we're going to the store frequently or once a week, and we're trying to plan this out a little bit. Um, I know I personally, every Sunday, that's my only day I don't work. Uh, so me and my year-and-a-half-year-old daughter, we go venture out to Costco and battle the crowds every Sunday. Uh, Kristen, <laughs> what are some of those pantry staples that kind of you're either keeping in the pantry, each week you know you're going to pick this up and kind of keep it with you for that week's making? Is there those consistent items you're always getting?
1: Yeah, great, great question. And um I, I I will answer that in one second, just a quick tangent. Um when I was it just brought me up to up to the the thought that when I first moved to Cincinnati I had a client and he was saying, you know, I, I'm following your guidelines, but like I'm you know, I'm 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 having to go to the store like once, sometimes twice a week and he's like, This is crazy and I go mm-hmm really? Like (laughs) I go, so how, how often were you going to the grocery store before? And he said, Oh, like once a month. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. So, but yeah, but it's so crazy. Like, you know, just to see this spectrum. So I just like to always keep that in mind. Like it just so much depends on like where you are personally starting from, but just by like what you said, just taking a look at what your grocery cart looks like on the whole, like, yeah, sure. There might be some ice cream in there. There might be a frozen pizza, but is it only those two things or is there lots of color right. and pretty much like 90% of the cart is filled with fresh produce and lean meats um, and that type of thing. So I'll, so yeah, sorry for my quick tangent, but um, as far as like pantry staples, um, this is something that can just so much save you time. and And also just if you can go in, with a list of specific extras that you need but if you can already know what you need to get off right off um right off the bat so first chopping the perimeter of the store so going to your produce section i'll start first and you guys can chime in also like what your go-to's are but i always get whatever fruit that i want for the week um i love getting a bunch of bananas because once it goes kind of brown i'll peel them and put them in the freezer so that's always you know a staple um Dan has to have an avocado like every day. So we always have avocados, um, some type of fruit, whether it's apple, orange or pear something like that. And then I go into um, what kind of greens do I want. So usually I'm going to get a big, big bag of spinach because I usually throw those in a smoothie or a salad or a saute of some sort. I really like the pre-washed bag of um, or kind of like big box of mixed lettuce greens are also arugula or like an arugula kale mix. Um, cause that kind of mixes it up for like a salad, um, rather than just spinach or like boring iceberg lettuce. Um, but then I go into like, what kind of vegetables am I going to want to roast? Cause I love cooked vegetables. Um, when we're talking about vegetables, like we're not, Eric and I like, aren't talking about like baby carrots and cucumbers. Like I, I can't remember the last time that I just like noshed on those things because they're boring. I love <laughs> cooking them in the oven and it can be really easy. So I'll usually pick out a few like more starchy vegetables, whether it is spaghetti squash. So that's like a big yellow um, kind of like watermelon looking squash. And um, that's a good starchy, a, a butternut squash, sweet potatoes. And when I say sweet potatoes, knowing that there are so many different varieties of potatoes and sweet potatoes and all are great for you. Um, So there's, you know, there's even like blue potatoes, there's Japanese sweet potatoes, there's white sweet potatoes, and like, they're incredible. Um, So I usually pick up some type of maybe even like a couple different starchy, but sweet potatoes are always in my basket. Um, And then an- another type of vegetable that I want to cook. So it's typically going to be like, either broccoli or cauliflower or Brussels sprouts or asparagus, um, or maybe a combination. But again, it's kind of like I go through the, the fruit, the avocado or the fat, um, the, some type of greens and then, um, some type of starchy vegetable and another type of like vegetable to cook. And, and with that, like there's always pre-chopped veggies, um, too, that make it like so much easier to just like throw on a sheet pan and bake in the oven. So I know I just like took, I think like, I don't know, it feels like 20 minutes talking about vegetables, but that's where I spend most of my time. (laughs) That's really where most of my time is spent. So, I (laughs) um, I don't
2: know. No, when you just mentioned, when you mentioned the pre-cut, that is the butternut squash go-to for me is the Costco Mm -hmm. pre-cut butternut squash. It's so easy, literally just pop the top off and dump it on a pan. And you go to good. That has saved my life because later on, we're going to talk about some of the skills in the kitchen and I am not a big knife guy. And that literally <laughs> saves my life at least like once every two weeks.
1: Oh, it actually will save your life because you can be pretty dangerous if you don't know how to use a knife on those. <laughs> um, Eric, do you have true. any other uh, suggestions for the produce part department?
0: Well, so if I'm talking about just a, like pantry staples, I'm, I'm going to go at like a different angle. So I, in my mind, pantry staples are like kind of quick grab-and-go things, but they're also things that we keep in the house that um, that we can use with every meal or you can use separately. So like when, when I'm thinking of pantry staples in terms of like grab-and-go, one thing that I like to, to keep in my bag, and we talked about, um, in, uh, Steve mentioned protein bar earlier, we grab um, RX bars because they're, they're made with like very minimal um, – ingredients and they're super tasty and in terms of like sugar content they're you know they're so so i think they rough around they range around like 18 to 20 grams which is probably like maxing most people out for the day but um i keep a lot of those on hand and maybe you know have one for a snack or if i'm in a pinch um i'll grab one and you know take it on the road with me another thing that i i like to throw in a bag are pistachios you know, healthy fats—they're pretty filling. They're tasty. I make sure though that I put the—I uh, grab the ones from Costco that are in shell. Because if I get them out of shell, then it's guaranteed I'm eating the whole bag in one sitting. So <laughs> I, I make sure that mm-hmm. they're all in shell. I got to work for it a little bit. Um, and then Steve, you mentioned earlier—I like, don't know if you, we were recording or not—but how you know water is like your main staple. And I think if yeah. you're in this industry, then it probably is. But if you're not, like water is so boring and bland and. I completely agree. And maybe I drink a little too much of it, but I drink a ton of LaCroix. I knew she was going to laugh because oh, I, I, oh, I have two of them sitting with me right now. I I'm, I can't help it, but I, I should buy stock in LaCroix. I drink so much of it. Um. So in terms of like grab and goes, that's, uh, those are big. Other things that we keep on hand that we either use separately or with meals uh, is bone broth. And we use kettle and fire bone broth. And my wife just drinks it just, you know, cause it's packed full of nutrients. And then I cook with it all the time. Um, obviously coconut oil is huge. Um, I uh, throw it in, in the pan for an easy, easy mixed vegetable kind of combo. And Steve, you mentioned Costco again. And I, I get like the, uh, the, those giant bags of mixed vegetables from Costco. I mean, it's. Yeah. You know, it, it might seem like a duh, no brainer thing, but if you just have a vat of mixed veg, mixed vegetables on hand and you just throw them on your plate, it's, I mean, it's an easy go to. So those are kind of like our, our staples that we make sure we have every single week.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and now, since- Kristen,
2: where are you shopping at? So it sounds like Eric and I are both at Costco all the time. Where do you like to go to?
1: Oh man, I wish I had a membership to Costco. It's like such a treat. I've like been with a friend once. Um I <laughs> I know. I know it's, it's not like
0: Disneyland, I promise.
1: It, well, it feels like it. It feels it's like close. it. It's close. Um close. no, when I was in Cincinnati, um there was uh Kroger Fresh Time. Um Kroger and Fresh Time, I think, were the, the big two. And then if I wanted to, like, splurge, but although it's getting better, um, Whole Foods is, like, so much fun to go to. And actually, the prices are getting a lot better um, now that they're, like, merger with Amazon. But um now up here in Chicago, it's Jewel Osco is, like, my closest one that I go to. And, man, Aldi, like, you can't beat it. Aldi is incredible. Oh, and Aldi they, is
2: phenomenal.
1: Yeah, they're coming out with, I mean – really like part of their half of their um company is in Germany and it's in an or- and it's 100% organic over in Europe. They tried to get it to be 100% organic here, but obviously the US has a different agenda. Um but yeah, they have a huge line of organic pro- um produce and actually um chicken and meat products. Like I got wild caught tuna um or not tuna, um salmon at Aldi last week and it was actually really good. Um, so Aldi is a, definitely a good one, um, just for, from like a cost perspective. But, um, I want to go back briefly just to a few more like pantry staples, just to bang out like a few more kind of like what Eric did, um, that I, that I always get to. And that's, um, oats, like we, I love oats. I have them every single morning for breakfast. Sometimes if I'm really lazy, it's like a go-to for dinner too. Um, so oatmeal, like just the regular rolled oats or the quick oats. Um, steel cut oats, I like them, but it's usually just quicker for me to do the rolled oats. Um, frozen berries, I always, 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 I, I eat them every, again, every morning and in smoothies if I do a smoothie during the day too. So frozen fruit is always on the, um, on the list. Um, frozen vegetables, um, frozen cauliflower is a big one too. Like I'll put that in, um, in smoothies. It sounds really weird, but it goes undetected. Like you can't really taste it and it's a good way to up vegetables. So I usually have some type of frozen vegetable, frozen fruit. Um, and then also, um, I've recently been a big fan of, I'll get like a steamable bag of like a quinoa vegetable mix. And there's actually some new, like, good brands out there right now. Um, I'm getting some of the brands off the top of my head. I think Simple Truth has a few. Um, and even, like, Target has these things now, too. So it doesn't have to be, like, a fancy store that you can get steamable quinoa, which is a whole grain, um, and is a complete plant-based protein source. So the frozen section, I'm really a, a fan of, um, and then again, like the oats and maybe some um, dry like quinoa or brown rice. If I know that the week is going to be really busy, like a quick staple item I'm going to grab are they have like steamable cups, um, like Uncle Ben's brown rice cups, which like just save me. It's like so easy. Um, and then the last thing, too, is sometimes it depends. Um, but like, cottage cheese or greek yogurt because again that's just like an easy grab and go item and that's usually in our cart and um and then like on almond milk because I always add that to either my oats or my smoothies so yeah those are some of my top ones and then LaCroix I'm not gonna I agree Eric I love LaCroix too I just I don't have four a day (laughs) but yeah don't judge me LaCroix soda water is incredible (laughs) it's so good I love it
2: I think I'm the only person that doesn't enjoy the taste of it. I might be the only one out there at times I feel like. I have this a hard time this podcast is
0: over.
1: Do you like
2: kombucha? No, Do you like no. kombucha, Steve? I I am not even sure what kombucha is. I don't <laughs> drink anything, literally. I drink nothing besides water. And if, I if I, if, if I if I express if I express my true desires as far as drinks go, it goes straight to <laughs> cherry coke and Mountain Dew. These are <laughs> the only things that have this deep down? like hold on side of my system that like if I'm out and about, like I see it and I'm like, oh, that'd be oh. delicious right now. But I don't drink it. But that's, those are the two things. I have no desire to drink anything else.
1: Oh my God. Oh. Hilarious.
2: Sorry. Sorry <laughs> to ruin the whole podcast. Um, yeah. Now, one thing <laughs> moving, moving on to kind of like the one thing we haven't really talked about is your protein sources. Um, I know that in my household, we are big eggs eaters. Is that incorrect, Kristen, or is that okay? What are your thoughts on eating the eggs?
1: Yeah, they're totally good. You know, we go through this like, eggs are good, eggs are okay. bad. Eggs are excellent. Get them. They're cheap. Right. That's another one I forgot to say. But yeah, eggs are always a staple item for us. But just um, I do recommend yeah, to get be. organic. Um, I know it's a dollar extra, but mm-hmm. it's worth it. And even better if you can find like a local farmer's market, sure. it's going to taste way better and have a lot more um, vitamin D content.
2: Awesome. And now, can I comment I don't know on eggs real quick?
0: Daddling. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. So, <clears throat> have you guys noticed that if you if you go in, there are certain sections, and it'll say eggs, vegetarian, raised?
1: Oh my god! I can we it. all agree
0: that <laughs> eggs are, or ch- ch- chickens are not vegetarians, and they are, and it's not dairy. It's in the dairy section, but it's not dairy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> can Can I also yeah, ask that's, a question? That's how do you bite your tongue and not say something when the person next to you is like, oh, oh, get the vegetarian fed ones?
0: <laughs> no, I don't bite my tongue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's hard.
1: It's a hard world. That's a simple,
2: simple, simple answer. Uh, now, one of the other things that we always get is the rotisserie chickens from Costco. Uh, I don't know how you feel about those, but they're $4.99. And you get a ton of meat from them. And it's something that we always have is like the shredded up chicken. What are your, what are your thoughts on the rotisserie chicken?
1: Um, easy way, easy way to save time, easy way to just make sure that you have, mm-hmm. um, a high biological value protein in your, <clears throat> in your kitchen. However, like, again, it just depends on what end of the spectrum that you're on. From, I think, like, my and Eric's perspective is like quality is very important. Um, and so typically, mm-hmm. like, they don't really have many like organic rotisserie chickens, but again, is I, I would much rather you be having a rotisserie chicken than like a frozen pizza every night of the week. So it just depends on what end of the spectrum you're at. But I think it's it's super helpful. Um, Eric, what do you it's think? like an easy grab and go.
0: I, I kind of fall I kind of fall in the same line as Kristen does. It you know obviously if you can pick uh, quality over over anything that's always best, but you know. Like like the spectrum, like she said, if it's something that's in your cart more than uh, frozen pizza or ice cream or you know fill in the blank Wendy's or McDonald's, then I think you're I think you're good to go. Especially I mean, especially if you have a family, like Steve. You know, you have you know kids and everything else. Like that's that's a great grab and go.
2: Mm-hmm. No, it's it's true. And I was wanted to, I forgot to bring this up though about when Eric and I were talking about kind of using bars as a source of food. Uh, sometimes I'll get kind of pushback from people when they hear that I'm trying to be healthy and like, oh, you're eating a protein bar. And I'm like, well, literally, it's not I'm replacing a meal with it. It's that I don't have other food to eat and I know I should be eating something over just eating nothing at all. Right. Does it kind of follow that kind of deal?
1: That's exactly right. Like that's the most important thing is that you're eating um, on a consistent basis and that you're not uh, just – going to the point that you're ravenous and then it doesn't matter anymore and you don't have the willpower to like eat a more nutritious choice so yeah that's what a protein bar is for it's for like an in a pinch it's for a plan B um and it's just interesting mm-hmm. it's just really interesting to see how other people will always like comment on or criticize another person's food choices it's like you know well what did you have to eat today you know <laughs> like it's tough. Right.
2: Excellent. So, going from the cart, so I think we got a good idea of kind of what we're looking for when we're at the store. Some of those things that we're we're gonna have on hand weekly that we can always go to. Now, let's talk about actually in the kitchen. This is when things get a little scary sometimes. Even when I wasn't able to meal prep, I'd be able to go to the store and buy the food. I just was terrified of actually trying to create something out of that food. <laughs> um, so, do we have do we have any kind of favorite tips and tricks in the kitchen? They'll kind of make things easier, safer, save some time. What do you have for us in the in the kitchen for us, Kristen?
1: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give one quick t- or a, a quick tip, but then I'm gonna give it to Eric because he's like he love like this is like his like favorite thing to do. I feel like on Sundays. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but, but my like number one tip is knife skills because if I'm advocating all this like plant based food and eating more fruits and vegetables unless every single thing that you're getting is in, you know, a pre-chopped bag, like you're going to have to have the skill of a knife and it's safe. It's a, it's the the best way to be safe and also just to save time. Like I can chop up and get maybe, I could probably do like four meals in an hour and it would take the whole day for my husband to do it just, just alone because of chopping. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, we really underestimate the importance and, um, if anyone who's listening uh, lives near a Surlatab, um, or, you know, a lot of different like cook, um, cookware, uh, locations, they actually have like knife skills classes. And I've actually done a few of these and it's so helpful. But really at the end of the day, that's the most important thing that you're practicing with a sharp knife. You have a really large cutting board and you're practicing like chopping, um, because it's just going to save a ton of time and actually allow you to, make all of these dishes that we're talking about. It's just starting with like chopping. So that's like my number one most important thing. But um, I'll throw in a few more, but I want to give it to Eric since I know that you'll probably have a lot of good tips here.
2: That's per- and I wanted to before we go to Eric, the knife skills thing is that is what I was talking to Kristen when she came out is I went to cook cork fork in Palatine with my wife for her birthday. And as part of the cooking class. They showed me how to use the knife, and I became much more confident with it, and I never really wanted to cut anything before that. And beyond that, it has made a huge difference in my world. So that is 100% accurate, what you were just saying.
1: Amazing, amazing.
2: How about that? So, Eric, what do you have for us? Now, we only have like 30 or so minutes, if you can keep it concise with what you do usually on Sundays. <laughs> uh, what, can you give us a couple of your tips.
0: Just, I'm going to say it again. I just thawed some bacon, and, and that's it. No, but – so this is kind of like my – this is kind of like my favorite. So we keep things simple in terms of what type of meals we're going to make. So that means we usually have one crockpot meal, one stovetop meal, and one oven meal. And what that does is not only does that give us variety, but it also – it also makes it simple in terms of preparation. So we know exactly what's going to go in the crock pot, what's going to go on the, the stovetop, and what's going to go in the oven. So, um, for instance, some things that like to think about in advance before you actually you know start to go in the kitchen and cook is have a game plan of what we usually like to do is we either have one chicken meal, um, could be breasts, could be thighs. we are on a big thigh kick because they're so freaking tasty right now. So we usually do that with some butternut squash in a crock pot. But we know in advance we're gonna have one beef, one pork, and one chicken dish. And that's usually we usually have three meats for three meals. Um and what that does, that allows us to be a little more flexible with what we're gonna put in the on the stovetop or what we're gonna put in the oven um or in the crock pot. So if we have, you know, beef thawed out, which another thing to do is thaw out all of your meats in advance. If you're it doesn't necessarily have to be like fresh from from that day, so you feel panicked. Like it's okay to to buy some frozen meats. Um, and we actually, we do, uh, we order from butcher box, but there's a bunch of other places out there called like moink. And which is like a really cool combo between moo and oink. And uh, a couple other places um, online that will send really high quality meats to your door. So we're fortunate enough. We, we, we do that. And uh, we, we thought all of our meats in advance. So as soon as we wake up on Sundays, which is like our big prep day, we know exactly what's going to go in the crock pot, what's going to go in the uh, the oven on the stovetop. Uh, that also is um, exactly – we know exactly what vegetables is going to go in what dish also. So there's some pre-planning on, on the back end, but when we're making all of our grocery lists, that's usually um, how we look at it. Um, I think another thing to do is to really kind of over-prep or over-chop your produce. So even if you even if you think you've bought too much, you probably didn't. So if you're doing like a um, a stir fry dish which is like a great go to you throw some vegetables in a, uh, on the stovetop you chop up some meat you throw it in you brown it you're done. Uh, even if you think like oh crap I brought I bought one too many green peppers. Green peppers cook down and once they're chopped up like they go away really fast. So mm-hmm. uh, same same thing with if you're if you're cooking a uh, spinach or something like that overbuy spinach because once you start cooking that stuff down it goes away really fast. Uh, and I think my my one of my biggest tips is, and I know we're going to get into kind of the, the chopping thing, but invest in some good cookware. It Doesn't have to be right away, but if you make the investment in in buying some uh, some solid cookware, some things to cut with, then I mean, it makes it makes cooking that much easier, and it's pretty enjoyable too. So um, we have a, a set of J. A. Hinkle International uh, knives, which are like. Not high, super high-end. They're not real low-end. They're, like, right in the middle of the road, but they stay sharp for a long time. Uh, it's a nice-looking set, and, um, you know, I enjoy using, in using those.
2: No, that's I'm done. <laughs> uh, Kristen, Kristen, that was really fast. Kristen, can you build off of that last past, aspect Eric mentioned? Just what are some of those go-to things in the kitchen that you need that really make your life Absolutely, easier? Absolutely,
1: yeah. So um, just like what Eric said, um, when I get home, um, especially on a Sunday, I usually put like chicken and one ingredient. Like my favorite thing is buffalo chicken. So I'll do Frank's buffalo sauce and just a whole bunch of chicken breasts and throw it in the crock pot because then after about four hours on high, you can shred that up and then you can use that throughout the week, whether it's um, on a salad, in a sandwich, in a wrap honestly, like as is with some avocado on top or like scooped up with like some chips or if you wanted to do that. Um, so I always do like a crock pot with some type of chicken in it. Um, and then I always put a f- some type of fish in the oven. And what I'll usually do is like on Sunday, it'll be like fish for dinner at night, but then I'll use the fish. Actually, like salmon can, can I love it on my salads like throughout the week on like, so then it would be like Monday and Tuesday. So my favorite thing, cause most people are like totally skeeved out with like, how do I cook fish? What am I supposed to do? Um, you can get fish in, um, at Kroger, they sell it. You can go to the, to the, um, counter and get it in an aluminum foil. Like they'll put what you can pick out, whatever fish you want. And then you can put any type of herbs, um, lemon, lime in the packet. And all you have to do is put it in the oven, but you can also do that at home. So. I'll usually cook a fish at home, um, either just with any type of seasoning. Like I have one of my favorite seasonings. It's from Nantucket, you know, take it from East Coast, have the best fish. Um, but I, <laughs> but yeah, so I put either the fish with the seasoning on top or I'll put it in an aluminum foil packet. And this is really good for people who have no idea how to make fish because you really can't, you, you cannot mess it up. I mean, you put the oven on 350 for about 20 minutes. You put your fish with, say, lemon um, and any vegetables that you want. It could be pe- peppers and onions is probably one of the easiest. And then you just wrap it up in aluminum foil. So it's like in a little like aluminum foil boat. And then it just comes out. It all steams together. So while the, the fish is cooking in the oven and I have the crock pot going, now I'm going to get something going on the stovetop. So like what, uh, what Eric mentioned, I'm going to do a saute. So maybe that's a big stir fry. I have a bunch of different type of vegetables. Um, but I'm also at that same time cooking, um, a pot of either quinoa or brown rice, because it's just, it's so essential to having some type of, um, like whole grain or starchy carb. So for Eric, it might be just having more like starchy vegetables, but, um, I kind of like having either the quinoa or brown rice and some starchy vegetables to kind of get in, um, a different type of carb that way. Um, so so that's usually a go-to to always have that on hand throughout the week. Um, and then the last one that I'll mention is, because I love doing this, but I'll make a big kale salad. Um, kale or cabbage actually lasts really well over mm-hmm. the next couple days. So you, if you were to make, like, a salad with spinach, it's not really going to last another day. But because um, cabbage, broccoli slaw um, – Kale, and you can get these already pre-chopped in the produce section. Which what I was, you know, sharing earlier. You know, like the big bags of shredded, you know, cabbage, carrots. Um, they even have like already pre-chopped kale, um, and just making like a big salad out of that. And then, so whatever leftovers of your chicken, of your um, salmon, or if you know in that stir fry, say you're making like some tofu or beans. Like you could put anything you want over the kale salad. And that usually lasts throughout the week. Yep. Like I love doing that. <clears throat> so, sorry, I know. I, I.
0: Can I add on to that Yeah, I right think quick?
1: I talked too long. I'm yeah. sorry. No,
2: Eric, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Go ahead.
0: No, so, Kristen, to, to tag on to your, um, I think it's really important because when people think about making salads and prepping salads and keeping them fr- in the fridge, they think like, oh, well, this is going to go soggy and nasty. And it will if you don't have like the the right kind of greens. So if you're talking about like kale, especially if you don't if if a person's not a kale person, there are different kinds of kale out there. There's baby kale that's a little less tart, a little easier to manage and to chop up. There's also something called dino kale, which is like a little rougher. Um so we actually use that and we we chop that up with some uh chard, some rainbow chard and chop up collard greens and all three of those are very nu- nutrient dense and they're very for lack of a better term, they're kind of like rugged um Greens because they stay for a very long time without wilting or getting, like, you know, that, that kind of gross mildewy type feel to it, like a, a normal lettuce would. And then when we're ready, we just, you know, put it in an, an airtight container and we're ready to throw it like on a salad, use it, eat it as a salad or as like a side dish. Um, we just pull it out, we throw a little bit of olive oil on it with some salt and pepper, and then boom, it makes a great, uh, a great dish. And it keeps for, I would say, at least probably six days.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
0: So, looking, my my point is, look look for like those, look for those more robust uh, types of of, um, greens when you're making salads for the long haul.
1: Exactly. And like what I like to do with that kale salad too, like I always think of how can I make this like bigger? Because if I make it, the bigger I make it, the more meals it's going to last me and the less I have to worry about through the week. So, um, I sometimes like keeping any different types of like, like pickled vegetables. I know that sounds weird, but like artichokes, hearts of palm. Um, and then any type of like beans. So say I'm going to throw in mm. like some chickpeas, some black beans, edamame. Um, and that way, like literally all you're doing is opening a can, washing it underwater and putting in this out. And it's making it that much bigger to last for that m- many, that for, for many more meals. So. So good tip there. Yep.
2: No, that's perfect. Now, cutting down even more time, do you guys, how often do you kind of spend time really planning out your meals? Is kind of you throw them together. I know in my Mm -hmm. case, I'm super, super simple with my meal prep right now. So what it was, was I know I was going to grill chicken and I was going to roast vegetables for my lunches. So it was very simple that I turned on the stove, preheated it, got all my veggies chopped up, threw them on the pan as the grill was then heating up, toss them in the oven and I was able to start grilling my chicken and kind of everything kind of finished up around the same time. How much time do you spend a week kind of planning out what you're going to be guys going to be eating? Go ahead, Kristen, let's start with you.
1: Um, I would say I'm in the same boat as you, Steve. Like I don't really plan my meals. I pretty much get the staples. Mm-hmm. I get home and I just do exactly the same thing. I get a protein going. I get some vegetables in the oven. I put a grain on the stove top. And based on like, you know, because what you said, Steve, like even if you're throwing chicken on the grill, why not do two different types of marinades? That way you have two different. So you're doing the same amount of time, Mm -hmm. but you're multiplying the effect. So I pretty much do the same thing. And I would say two hours on a Sunday for me because I can chop really well and because I can I've done it so often that I know how to time it like what you said, that it comes out at the same time. Two hours on a Sunday will probably get me through Thursday, um, and then Friday is kind of like a okay scavenging whatever else I have left, um, unless I meal prepped a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> so that's me. I don't know, Eric. So
2: you? Yourself?
0: It's about the same. I think that the more you get used to it, obviously, the more efficient you get. So it, it's a, it ranges for us. I would say I would I would give us a little bit more time and say it's about three hours ish for us mm-hmm. and that includes especially right now since it's it well no it just snowed today but it's getting ready to become winter eventually maybe in December or sorry um, uh, summer it's getting ready to become summer but uh, so we'll have the grill open and again you know we'll we'll have like meat going on the grill while we have vegetables on on the stove and so you know the the it doesn't have to be like these super elaborate, um, concoctions, even though I think sometimes we think to ourselves like, okay, let's plan one meal that we're going to, to that that we don't do very often. And maybe that'll be just one dish. Otherwise, uh, we make pretty, pretty much the same types of foods, the same types of meals. Now I know most people are like, well, I thought this was going to be more about like, Hey, what kind of meals can I make? I want to blow my family's socks off. If you think in terms of this is this is going to make your life easier over the long haul and help you live better. Prepping and being really consistent with the types of foods um, and making your life easier, I think that is more about what this meal prep idea is about. Um, not that saying like, "Hey, if I want to prep for Monday and Tuesday, and then I can go out to eat with my family Wednesday, and then we can finish up our leftovers Thursday and Friday," great if that works for you, that's awesome. But yeah. um, you know, for for us, I think it's more about. It's about efficiency and and getting it done and still remaining, you know, on track with uh, with what we can eat. So um, I also like I also like to if we have something um, for like in in the crock pot, I usually I usually don't eat breakfast like right away. I'll have something I'll eat like around lunch is my when I break my fast. So when Mm -hmm. I get home, whatever Melissa has for lunch, I usually have for dinner and vice versa. And that kind of like helps us, you know, kind of spare out the food a little bit.
2: Oh, that's a good tip. Uh, I like, I like what you said, Kristen, about even though I have grilled chicken, just doing a little marinade can give me that little spice really simply while just preparing one thing, like not having to have all these different things set up. I think that can be really helpful for people that are like, I don't want to have chicken again, or I don't want to have pork again, but it's really easy to just kind of change up the style even within the same meal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can do that yeah. with like even vegetables. Um, if you're making your own protein bars, which I like to do with like just nuts and dates. Um, you can split that in half and add another ingredient to it. Like add cocoa to it. Now you have chocolate protein bars. Like yeah. <laughs> so it's like you can you can apply that same principle to like anything. And it's and and that's the thing. Like all the things we're talking about are so simple that it's just a matter of like doing it. Just, just do it once or twice so you can get into the habit of like, Oh yeah, I can by just instead of two chicken breasts, I put on six. Oh great. Now I'm like the rest of the week is done.
0: So oh. yeah. And do, do it for one, do it for one meal too. don't, you don't have to sit down. If you're just starting out, you don't have to sit down and, and plan out like a, you know, a six course meal for every single, every single day. Start with one meal What's the hardest meal for most families? I'm, I'm going to venture to say it's probably dinner when everybody's home. So mm-hmm. if you can cook in advance um, maybe one or two meals that, that all of the family will enjoy together, then I think you're setting yourself up for, for success.
2: Yeah, I think that's super helpful for my wife and I. Now, my wife works till 8 p.m. on Tuesday and Thursdays, and I work until about 6.30 to 7.30 on Monday Wednesdays. But she's home, so Monday, Wednesday, we kind of have as the day that she actually cooks a meal for Monday and Wednesday. Tuesday, Thursday is always crock pot, some sort of like taco, pulled pork, something like that, where that's going to be our meal, and it really saves us a lot of time and not having to think about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing, Kristen. One thing Kristen brought up was, and we kind of um, we talked a little bit about it. But if you learn not only to use different different meats, but you learn how to use different spices with the vegetables, with the meats. And, you know, like she said, you can change the profile of a meat really, really easily. But it's just a matter of like dabbling and figuring out what you like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so funny. Like I have a few go to things and it and it sounds so bizarre, like this one go to recipe I'll just share with you. It's turkey burgers. But like we love it and it sounds bizarre, but it's um with fish sauce and red curry paste and ground turkey. And it sounds weird, but it's like a Thai turkey burger. And by just adding in, like, that different spice, it's it's amazing. Like, we love it. And so, again, like, whether it's sesame seeds, sesame oil, um, there's, like, all these different things that just make your dishes so much more interesting.
2: No, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Now, going with the idea of doing some rapid fire here, let's go with the go-to meals, Kristen. You kind of let us right into it. Let's go around and let's just share, let's go breakfast, starting with Kristen and then Eric. What is kind of your go-to breakfast that you have a lot?
1: All right. So I'll do breakfast. I have two. Um, one is my overnight oats, which I already shared earlier. I've, I've had that for the past, I think four months, like every single day. (laughs) Like I'm obsessed with it. Um, and then the second is if I'm going to do like a workout pretty soon, um, I'll have toast with peanut butter and banana. I just, it's like my favorite thing in the world. Um, lunch typically it's leftovers. It's quinoa, roasted vegetables, some type of protein, or option two. Um, I'm also on this huge kick right now, but it's edamame pasta. And if you haven't tried it, go to a store and get it right now and just try it. Trust me on it. You will love it. And then I usually add um, the edamame pasta has a, an amazing source of protein. It has about like I want to say 15 to 20 grams of protein in a serving and it's pretty low carb and it's got about 13 wow. grams of fiber. So it's amazing. I have that. I'm either going to put like an organic tomato sauce and then I throw a little bit of nutritional yeast on it for like a cheesy flavor or if I have any leftover um, like a like an animal protein, I might throw that on that too. Um, and then for dinner, um, I will share my favorite go-to meal is pesto salmon. It's the easiest thing. You just layer, um, a baking sheet with spinach and then you put your raw salmon on top and then you spoon pesto on top of the salmon and then you just bake it for like 20 minutes at 350. And every single time it comes out amazing. It's like my favorite go-to dinner meal. And, and other than that, you know, obviously a, um, one pan like stir fry is always like an easy thing and just, Having different, like what we talked about earlier, different marinades or spices. Um, garlic and onion are always in the pan, though. Always in the pan because that always adds flavor. Those are my go-tos.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: Eric, what do you got?
0: So for for uh, breakfast, usually what we do is we'll take a cast iron skillet, like a deep dish cast iron skillet. Um, we'll mix like 12 scrambled eggs. Uh, well, 12 eggs, and we scramble them. And then we put at the bottom of the uh, cast iron scale, we'll throw a huge bed of um, spinach down and we'll throw in the eggs and then we'll boil, we'll cut up like two pretty big sweet potatoes, boil them, chop them, boil them, throw them in. And then we bake that for, I think at 350 for like 35, 40 minutes until it's like nice and firm. And then you cut it up just like a pie and it's a pretty nice quick egg bake that you can do for breakfast or lunch. and. For lunch, a pretty big go-to lately, actually, I just got done eating it, has been like an andouille sausage with peppers. Super, super easy. Um, pretty high in calorie, especially if you're kind of, you know, if you're one of those people who don't maybe um, eat like, you know, every every couple of hours and you just have like one big whack, one big meal like myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been pretty helpful lately. I actually threw in some... Um, some shrimp that I had left over. So I just kind of like dabble with that one, just kind of make things up as I go, really, and just throw it in with some sausage and peppers. But um, And then for dinner, uh, one of our favorites is a crock pot dish that uh, we just use chicken thighs. We probably put about six chicken thighs in a crock pot, a little bit of water, and then we throw, you know, Steve, those, um, uh, what were the vegetables you were talking about earlier you get from Costco? The uh Buttern. You just open butternut's up, wash. throw it in. Yeah, the butternut. Butternut's I kept wash. wanting to say spaghetti. Knew that wasn't right. Yeah. The butternut squash. We throw that in, and then just let it cook for you know six to eight hours, and it gets nice and soft. And there's plenty of fat, plenty of flavor, salt and pepper, maybe a couple other spices. Um, and then that's usually a pretty solid go-to dinner for us.
2: No, that's that's really simple. On on my end, I have the exact same breakfast, similarly like to Eric with. Bunch of eggs, spinach is like our go-to. My daughter enjoys that as well. We actually use quite a bit of Kodiak cakes with uh, blueberries in them, if you're not familiar with Kodiak, Kodiak cakes. cakes. So they're hmm. like the protein uh, pancake mix uh, that we use. Uh-huh. Now, I'm sure you won't be eating many of those, Eric, but they are very tasty, and they give it a little bit better of a nutritional blend than just normal pancake batter. Uh, lunch for me is usually the exact same or else I don't follow it. And it's just grilled chicken with my veggies that are roasted. And then I've been playing around with more seasonings as I'm getting adventurous over here with some chili powder now instead of just salt and pepper. So I'm getting crazy. And then, uh, dinner time, my wife usually will have some sort of taco, whether it's pulled pork, tacos, steak tacos, chicken tacos. That's usually our Tuesday, Thursday and that meat becomes nice. like the leftover that we create something out of on Saturday or Sunday for lunch. But we just make a plethora of that meat and just kind of use our Greek yogurt to make the tacos with lettuce. Uh, even I will have, I'm not fully off of the grain carbohydrates. I have a tortilla from now, now and then and I enjoy them. Uh, but that's usually our, our, our staple for the week as far as that goes. Now, when I was, I was talking to Kristen, we were talking about some of the things that you kind of make as like a side thing that really changed everything up. And my wife just recently, which was like a big hit, made this pepper slaw that was yellow, green, red peppers with jalapenos. And we were literally putting on everything we were eating. Is there anything that you have like in your meals that you have regularly that kind of serves as that?
1: Um, as far as like a side dish, it it would have to be, honestly, it would have to be sweet potatoes. Like I put sweet potatoes with everything. Um and I think it just, like, okay. whether it's the eggs, whether it's as a side dish, um, if it's a different type of, like, usually a, um, a slaw, like what you're saying, if it's a red pepper slaw or yeah. if it's a broccoli slaw, like, again, you can get the broccoli that's already pre-chopped, um, and I'll make that on the weekend, and that can go great, whether it's in a salad or a sandwich or a wrap or it's just, like, on top of tacos or something, so I really like that. The broccoli slaw or also like the cabbage carrot slaw um, is another good like combo mixed with mm-hmm. sesame seeds, a little bit of sesame oil. Um, so those are like really good like to like mix it in. Um, and then any type of sweet potatoes. And then honestly, like the kale salad um, is one that you can always like add different things on top of. So that's, that's always like a go to that I make too. Eric, do you have any? Eric, how about you?
0: Yeah, so I'm kind of along, along the same way. Uh, we like to do Brussels sprouts, roasted Brussels sprouts a lot. Uh, actually, we I I prep those. We haven't even cooked them yet, but I know like for for dinner we'll probably just throw those in the oven real quick and and heat them up. Roasted broccoli, roasted carrots with some um, balsamic uh, vinaigrette. We just kind of toss it, and throw it in in the the oven and and cook them until they get kind of kind of crunchy, which is nice. And then I don't think anybody's brought it up yet, but riced cauliflower goes oh, yeah, so yeah, far yeah. in our house. I mean, you, you can make it as um, – we had that dish I told you about earlier with the the kibasa or the andouille sausage with all the peppers and onions. We throw that on top of a, a bed of rice or a bed of a cauliflower, riced cauliflower, and it changes everything. It tastes totally different. And we do the same. We throw that underneath uh, some salmon sometimes. That changes it up. Um, if we have like a taco night, we use rice, uh, cauliflower for that, um, instead of, instead of rice. So, um, yeah, those are some big, the ones last for us. one that
1: I forgot too is, is, answer. um, quinoa is another good one that you can make and have it like multiple ways. So it might be like, sure, quinoa is a side for dinner, but you can have it as breakfast, like instead of oatmeal, have your quinoa with like, you know, berries and nuts on top of it or also like quinoa mixed in with, um, peanut butter, honey, and some different like nuts or dried fruit to make like little power balls. So that's a, um, that's another good one too.
2: No, that's, I think those are great options. And I hope that, I hope that it kind of makes meal prep a little easier for everybody. We're kind of running out of time here, but one of the things I want to do is I had a question from one of my high school kids that I think, I try to answer it, but he, uh, wanted some more expertise and I'm happy to ask you guys. He said, this is from Henry Z, who's one of my GBN athletes, but he said, how important is it to switch up the meals to get a variety of different protein and veggie sources versus kind of the old school bodybuilding kind of diet where you just eat the exact same thing every single day for 16 weeks and that should equal you being shredded. What are your guys' thoughts on that?
1: Oh, it is so, I'm so, thank you, Henry, for asking this question. Um, from a dietitian and nutrition perspective, it is so, so valuable and important because, um, there are certain valuable vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, phenolic acids that are in a variety of color of all of our plants and all of our different animal proteins. Um, but particularly the plants, um, we really want to get a, a broad variety and a range. If you're having the same meal, like throughout the week, again, that's kind of what meal prep is. You make a couple dishes and have it throughout the week. Sure, that's fine. But if you're only eating like whitefish and asparagus every single day, you're really missing out on absolutely important um, vitamins and minerals in the day. And, and really at the end of the day, that's what feeds into all these different energy cycles that we need to be most efficient in our metabolic processes. So yes, you want to be mixing it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eric, did you have anything on that?
0: Yeah, so yeah, it's a great question, and it, it's like super layered, and I know we don't have that much time, but I would say it's especially if you're know, if this is a youth a- um, athlete, 100% you need to get more nutrients in. So it's definitely beneficial to mix it up, get a variety of colors, experiment with different things. But, again, it's so personalized to every individual because – you know one one person might have the exact same things they'll never change and they look feel and perform amazing mm-hmm. so i i think think it think that to to yourself especially as a young athlete or an athlete in general how do you feel are you performing optimally and do you look good if that's important to you not necessarily for everybody but if you look feel and perform how you want to then maybe you don't need to change anything but for, especially for someone who's growing and still developing and coming into the sport and trying to figure things out, the more variety, the better.
2: I think that's as perfect as you guys can say that as possible. I, I think it's it's helpful to get the outside voice. I know some of us, when you work with clients all the time, having someone else just say the same thing that you do goes a long way. It, it makes a big change for somebody just hearing that opposite voice. So, guys, that's all the time I have on my end. I do have to go to the high school and uh, whoop these guys up a little bit. we got the football team coming in. But I want to say thank you so much. <laughs> thank Kristen for being on for the first time. I thought it was amazing uh, to provide some of your knowledge. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks
1: so much for having me. I hope I get to see you soon, Jim.
2: <laughs> yeah, hopefully. It's a little thanks, bit Thank Thanks, Steve. Dry. I appreciate it,
0: guys. Keep up the good work.
2: Thanks, Eric, man. It was awesome as always. And thank you for putting this together. Eric was instrumental in kind of getting this thing organized. So thank you guys so much. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime
1: soon. Awesome. Well, have fun training today. i will talk with you soon. All
0: right. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks for listening. Don't
0: forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more Fitness Candor.